الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم افحسبتم انما خلقناكم عبثا وانكم الينا لا ترجعون وقال تعالى في مقام اخر قل ان كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان اخوف ما اتخوف على امتي الهوى وطول الامل وطول الامل او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters we are on the tail end of the academic year of the madrasa in a week or so the madrasa will then close for the recess the holidays this is just coincidental that the madrasa closes at this time because of the convenience of parents etc the school calendar otherwise the particular period of time that is approaching us which is known as the so called the so called festive season this has got nothing to do with us this is something which has no link with ourselves at all we don't have any interest in it in what is going on around and we have our own way of life so therefore we will be following what allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam have given us what we have been taught in the quran and sunnah this is the way that we will proceed now what is the difficulty that sometimes people seem to face the difficulty that people seem to face is that how do we stay away from all the so called activities the fun activities and everybody seems to be enjoying themselves everybody seems to be having a good time how can we stay away from this the temptation is very strong to be part of everything so it becomes a very very challenging moment so this is something we can't seem to hold ourselves away from that everybody is going to for example the beach in the middle of all the crowds so we need to be there also one is it's a totally isolated place there's no non mahrams in sight then within the limits somebody might if they go with their family in a very isolated place there's nobody around once in a while nobody is going to say that this is forbidden but where there's non mahrams all around within sight 
or there are other things that are taking place there which is against the laws of deen, then how can this ever be some place that a person who has, number one, iman, who is a ummati of Nabi Wasallam, and then who is a student of deen, be anywhere close to such a place. Then likewise, sometimes there are other things happening in this period of time, there are some fairs taking place, there are other activities of this nature taking place. And we know that the environment there, what goes on, the reports come back first hand, sometimes youngsters come back, I went to this place, and this is how I got caught up in doing this. The emails will come, calls will come, people will come personally, and they will discuss that I went without any intention of getting involved in certain wrongs, but the environment was such that I got sucked into that environment, and I ended up doing certain things. Now we know beforehand that this is not conducive to deen to be in such places. But a person says, how am I going to stay away? Everybody is going, my friends are going, my cousins are going, cousins by the dozens are going. So, how can I get left? I got to be there as well. So there are many things to consider in this regard. The most fundamental issue is, that we forget that we are here in this world, this is a test for us, and in this time and age, these are the tests. We are nowhere, anywhere near the test that the Anbiya Ali may put through, that the Sahaba Ikram may put through. Once a Sahaba came to Nabi Allah's Nabi was sitting in the shade of the Kaaba Sharif, where sometimes on one side of the Kaaba Sharif will be some shade because of the direction of the sun. So in that side he was sitting. And some Sahaba who were really going through very, very trying times at that moment. Because this was before Hijrat. And they came and requested Nabi Wasallam to make dua. That Allah Ta'ala must open out the benefits of the world and that the enemies must be annihilated, etc. But when they discussed this, when they suggested this, Nabi Salaam sat up and he then said that there were those Anbiya that have passed. Among those Nabis of Allah Ta'ala, there were some Nabis who some Nabi, a hole was dug in the ground and he was then placed into that hole and then a saw was brought and he was sawed in half. Can you imagine a saw being put into onto somebody's head and then that person being sawed in half. We can't even bring this to mind. How gruesome this is, how painful this is. Then Nabi Salaam said, some Nabi, a comb of iron was brought, an iron comb. And then his body was combed in a way where it wasn't the hair being combed, the flesh was being combed out of the bones. In other words, it was a sharp iron comb 
and it was being placed on one hand, for example, at the top of the hand, and then it was being brought down to the bottom of the hand towards the fingers with force and with pressure. As a result, the bone would get left and the flesh would fall off. Then the next hand. And in this way, the body was being combed off the flesh. Obviously, how long does a person survive such a thing? Because a person will bleed to death. And what excruciating pain. One is a person is just assassinated. That too is something. But now this is excruciating. Nabi Salaam says that all these things came to them, but this didn't deter them in any way from the commands of Allah wa ta'ala and from the mission that Allah wa ta'ala had sent them for. And then Nabi Salaam said to the Sahaba, وَلَكِنَّكُمْ تَسْتَعْجِلُونَ You are becoming hasty now that you are already asking that the world must be opened out, these difficulties must go away immediately, and uh, we must have ease and we must have comfort. You are becoming hasty in this. These were the tests these people went through, and they remained steadfast. They were the tests where, because some people were firm on Iman, the tyrant king of the time had trenches dug, and then had fire lit into, into those trenches. The Qur'an Sharif speaks about this, the Ashabul Ukhdud. And then all those who were already had accepted Iman, they were given a choice. Either you forsake your Iman, or you jump into this. And those who had Iman, because it was now either you forsake your Iman, or you're going to be thrown in there. They said, if our life has to go, it will go for Allah wa ta'ala. If you are thrown in this trench of fire, we'll, if you have to, that is the only choice that to save our iman, we'll have to jump into this, we'll jump into it. And they did that. There were those sahaba ikram, where they are being thrown into cauldrons of boiling oil, cauldrons, huge pots, where the oil was placed in the pot, fire lit under the pot, when that oil is now at boiling point, person can't even stand too close to it. The person, the sahabi, is taken and thrown into that pot. And in moments, there's no flesh left. It's only bones. He is made shaheed in this way. Then the next person, he's seen what happened to the first person. The next person is being brought and thrown in. And he says, nothing can deter me from the obedience of Allah Taala. All these tests, all these things can carry on. But I will remain steadfast on the command of Allah Taala. And all the other things, in fact, when it was even permissible for them to be able to take certain things. But when they were given the higher option, they took the higher option. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, who is the role model for the Muslim woman, once she came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa at a time when normally she wouldn't come. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was very... Uh, surprised, she has come at this time, maybe everything is fine. So in any case, when she came in, Nabi Salaam asked her that you have come at a time that you normally don't come at this time, this is a strange time, is everything okay? So she said it's the aspect of hunger, and we have uh, nothing to eat, and some sheep have come as booty, I've come to ask for some sheep. Has Ali radiallahu anhu suggested that I should come and request something. And this was the once and the only time she came to request something of this nature. 
and the last time she never came again for this type of thing. So Nabi Salaam said to her that you got a choice. There are five sheep here. Should I give you the five sheep or five du'as? Now she could have said, okay, give me both. There was nothing haram in that. And now she's come in a state of hunger. But at last Nabi Salaam wanted to take them to a higher level. And what was the aspect he asked her? That, oh, you want the sheep or you want du'as? So she said, okay, give me the du'as. Now this was a test. But she said, give me the du'as. So Nabi Islam said, I'm giving you five du'as. You make du'a with these words. Ya awwal al-awwaleen, wa ya akhir al-akhireen, wa ya dal al-mateen, wa ya rahim al-masakeen, wa ya arham al-rahimeen. She was extremely happy about this. And she came back. When she came home, Hazrat Ali radiallahu asked her what happened. She said, I went for dunya and I came back with deen. But it's just totally permissible. But she said, fine. For the sake of Allah, tabaraka wa ta'ala, we'll sacrifice that also. Allah will open the way forward. So all these things are in front of us. The sacrifices, the great trials that the Anbiya Ali Musallam went through and all the other various uh, issues that came up in their lives, the challenges that came. Now, they took that in their stride. What challenges do we have? Subhanallah. Do we even call it a challenge? Our challenge is, for example, not to be chatting on the phone with somebody that is haram to chat to. That's our challenge. Where is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala who was combed with a comb of iron, that his flesh was on one side, and the bones were on another side, and in this way he was made shaheed. And where is our situation, that our challenge is, that not to chat with somebody on a haram, in a haram way. What is our challenge? That we don't be in a fair, or in a beach, or some place where there's some, all kinds of things happening, there's non-mahrams there, whatever is going on, the environment is not conducive. So we don't go to such a place only. Where is that challenge of ours compared to the challenge of a sahabi being thrown into a boiling cauldron of oil where he knows that it's going to be moments before his life is then going to go? What comparison can this have? Where is our challenge of just maybe sitting at home within our four walls and maybe feeling a little bit bored as we call it. That has become our challenge. I'm bored. So our challenge of boredom and the challenge of the Sahaba Ikram, the challenge of the Anbiya Ali Wasalam, the test that they had to undergo that they are being mercilessly persecuted. Some Sahabi is placed on the burning sands and a huge boulder is placed on his chest. Somebody is being branded with a hot iron all these are incidents that we read repeatedly in the Fazail Amal. We are well acquainted with these incidents. Where is our boredom compared to these challenges? Where is our boredom compared to the hunger that Hazrat Fatima had to experience? Where is our boredom and our feeling of that uh, we got left out of the so-called fun and the so-called excitement? Where is this compared to the uh, sacrifices that all the great women of Islamic history had to make. 
what can we even call this anyway a challenge? Can we say that there was some fireworks display taking place? So now it was so exciting. Everybody was there and all the things were happening. But now how could I stay away from it? I had to be there as well. All the fairs were taking place. I had to be there as well. All the things going on in the malls and the balls and whatever else. How could I stay away from it? Can we imagine if we have to on the day of Qiyamah stand next to the Sahabiyat, stand next to Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, stand next to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, and the various azwaj mutahharat and the other sahabiyat and they say what was your challenge in life say no i was very greatly challenged what a major trial came it was this you know, the chats came and the mix it came and the facebook came and uh, all these things came so this was my major challenge what answer will we give to them they say what is what are you comparing your challenge to what we had to go through and Allah, the, the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, we remain firm. What effort you made to remain firm? Your challenge was you were bored at home when we were being mercy, mercilessly persecuted in our own homes. So this is the issue that we have to develop the correct mindset. And that correct mindset is that our primary duty on earth is to make Allah Ta'ala happy. Earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And in earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, there is some sacrifices that we have to make. There are some pains we have to take. But, as they say, no pain, no gain. If we are not prepared to take that pain a little, there won't be any gain. But, it's not just no gain. There's big damages and harm that we do to ourselves. In this dunya also, in the hereafter as well. Now sometimes we wonder in this dunya what? But it all hits back sometimes in very strange ways later. Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah Ta'ala protect us. But these cases come up, these kind of things come up. That a person now got married and now he is having doubts upon his wife because he's discovered that previously she was chatting to somebody. Now she's saying no, it was just an innocent chat. But she now somehow he has discovered because somebody had saved some messages and now those messages turned around and came to him. Now there's a major problem in the house. Now he's being advised, okay, don't harbor any suspicion. She made toba from it. But he says, but it's just not coming out of my heart. What do I do? So it is not wrong to harbor the suspicion if somebody has made toba and it was just uh, restricted to, though it's haram, but he didn't go any beyond anything beyond a chat. So he shouldn't harbor any suspicion of anything beyond that. But he says it's stuck in my mind and heart now. So it is affecting everything. He says I am, re- I am trying to convince myself that no, there's n- nothing to have any suspicion about. But it's affected everything in me. Now there's a major problem. So we thought now well, this was fun. But that fun now is becoming a problem. Somebody, he says, no, well, I had seen this happen at the fair and uh, now this person got married to my cousin and, uh, but I had seen her, how she was conducting herself at that fair or what she was up to there and I blurted this out to my cousin now. 
I only realized it now that I made a mistake. But it came out of my mouth that this is what I had seen. Now, what he has done is wrong. What he has done is totally wrong. But it's already the damage is done. It came out of his mouth. This is what he saw. Now he's created a problem between husband and wife. But the problem has already happened. But what has hit back? That what happened has hit back. Somebody else is also guilty of having caused the problem. But what hit back is what we did. So what the issue here is, that one is it creates major problems and damage in this world. What is in the Akhirat? If a person doesn't make sincere tawbah, that's another issue. That's the worst issue. But in this world also sometimes, despite a person having made tawbah also, between Allah Ta'ala that matter is cleaned and cleared up. But the ill effects in the dunya sometimes still fall. So therefore, what is required of us is that we stay on the straight path, we remain away from all the kinds of evil that are taking place, we are approaching this very difficult time. And everybody will be seeming to be having a great time, but shaitan always makes the good, the, the, the evil look good and the good look boring. This is what shaitan will do. A shaitan ya'idukumul faqr wa ya'murukum bil fahsha. Shaitan will make the good look very boring and make the evil look very exciting. And as a result, a person who does not persevere, does not say, doesn't matter, I will remain steadfast, and I will bear the pain a while, doesn't matter, it's a small pain, but the small pain will bring big gain. I will not get involved in all these things, in these chats, and the BBMs, and all the other various things which will take me to haram, and on the internet, all these things, Many a times, youngsters get involved in chatting. They are simultaneously getting involved with the same haram with ten other people also. And they make fools of all those ten. And that poor girl is thinking, well, I have got some long-term vision here. So therefore now, she is now appeasing herself that, okay, this is maybe not so haram. How shaitan now tries to make the wrong seem a little okay. Haram is haram. It can't be not so haram. But now Shaitan says, well actually, this is a, you know, I mean, a long term thing now. Very soon you may get married also. So, uh, now when you're going to get married sooner or later, so now then it's not going to be that bad. So, it's not so haram now. Na'uzubillahi min zalik. And in the meantime, that person is making a fool of you and making a fool of nine others also. And in the end he just, then he's looking for ten other, other people and dumps the first ten. These are realities, it's tragic to speak about it in this way. And it is not something easy to discuss in this manner, but the circumstances necessitate that it be spelt out. That this is the reality. And this is not just hearsay. This is when people finally come themselves and they say, this is what I was up to. This is how I was making ten girls a fool. And each one was thinking that, well, whatever she was thinking, we don't need to go into that. But the issue is that they themselves come and say, how I was making everybody a fool. Now I realize my folly, now I realize what harm I was doing, but I can't go back and tell anybody else this. But now how do I move forward in life? But the person himself comes and, and sometimes, though the person then has to be stopped, that don't take anybody's names here. But in that moment he blurts out sometimes names, etc. That this is... now. This is how shaitan makes a mockery of us and makes a fool of us. 
And that person is just looking for some cheap fun. Just making everybody a fool. But in the meantime, we are getting sucked in shaitan's trap and we are harming ourselves and harming our deen. And in the process, we harm people around us because then they have to bear the brunt of our wrongdoings as well. Our parents, others in the family. But when a person gets caught up in that haram, the person becomes oblivious. And therefore, this is one of the worst difficulties that come on a person that a person first becomes oblivious of the harm that he is doing to anyone and everyone around. But then in the end the person is left to suffer everything alone. Because that person suffers the worst in the end. So let us not take chances with sparks because sparks will cause fires. Don't say no, it's just small, it's just a little bit. I'll just go for maybe just one hour only to the fair or to the this place or that place. And that spark we're going to f- play with, it will cause a major fire. And it will burn us very badly. We need to be very, very careful in this regard. But as we were saying that what is our challenge compared to the challenge of the Sahaba, to Sahabiyat. But in this time and age, if we just remain steadfast and remain away from these challenges also. Allah Ta'ala will raise us with those who made those sacrifices like the Sahabiyat made. Though we can't compare this anywhere. But in this time, we just remain steadfast and persevere. Stay away from these things. Don't get ourselves involved in these haram chats and in all these misuse of the phone and this haram relationships and going to these haram places and haram environments. So, these kind of things, the environments which will take us away from the consciousness of Allah wa Ta'ala, we're going to get mixed up in so many things, all these different types of places then that little bit of sabr will make. But in that little bit of sabr, inna Allah ma'as sabirin, we'll get Allah Ta'ala in that sabr. And Allah Ta'ala will raise us with those who gave their lives for the deen of Allah Ta'ala. Those who suffered starvation for Allah Ta'ala's sake. Because this was all for Allah Ta'ala that they had to undergo. That boycott that the Sahaba had to undergo in Shaiba Abi Talib, to the point where they had to even chew leaves to survive. This was simply because they had accepted Iman and they were not prepared to give up their Iman. So the Quraysh boycotted them. Nobody will buy from them. Nobody will sell to them. Nobody will have any dealings with them. As a result, they had to remain like this. Because nobody will sell one piece, one bit of food to them. Nobody will sell anything to them. Nobody will help them in any way. Nobody will buy anything from them. So they had to undergo this condition. So they had to undergo it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala alone. And they made the sabr on it. We can't even imagine one iota of that. But we will just make a little bit sabr on these things. It requires just a little bit sabr. Turn the heart towards Allah Ta'ala at that time. Make the muraqaba of moth. Meditate over death. Meditate over one's own death. If I have to, I want to go to a certain place now. If my life suddenly leaves, these things happen. Sometimes something just, in a moment things happen, there's some stampede suddenly, something happens. And people get trampled to death. Imagine getting trampled to death in such a place. Imagine getting, suddenly some person suffers a heart attack. And where he suffered the heart attack in a place where there's a totally mixed gathering and all kinds of things happening there. Now, are these things, can we take a chance with it? Is it something that we can afford to risk? 
So those whom Allah Ta'ala has blessed with the understanding of deen, we have been given an opportunity to learn deen, to advance in the knowledge of deen. Now we have to advance in the amal upon deen as well. One person is in university, in school, in high school. It is haram for them also to be engaged in these haram things. Chatting to namahrams and all these kind of things. It's haram for anybody, any Muslim. And all the other wrong things that carry on. Going to wrong places, going to places which are not conducive to deen. It's wrong for anyone and everyone. But when a person has been blessed with the knowledge of deen, has been enabled to advance in the knowledge of deen, then that person, it is double wrong. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala addresses the azwaj mutahharat, not that there was any fear of them doing anything wrong, but this was to be a lesson for the woman till Qiyamah to come. That if Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with some opportunity to advance in deen, then you have a greater responsibility as well. You have a much greater responsibility and as a result, you will be taken to task accordingly. Allah Ta'ala addresses the Aswaj Mutahrat and says, مَن يَأْتِ مِن كُنَّ بِفَاحِشَةٍ مُبَيِّنَةِ يُضَاعَفْ لَهَا الْعَذَابُ دِعْفَيْنِ That if you do something wrong, some act, aspect of immodesty, etc., then you will get a double punishment. What punishment some other Muslim woman would get, you will get a double punishment. Why? Because you have a higher rank. You are the household of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But that virtue will bring this responsibility and this accountability accordingly. So likewise, those who have been given some opportunity, some virtue on the base of knowledge of deen, they do the same wrong that another person does who didn't have that opportunity. That person is also doing wrong. That person will also be accountable. And this person who had the opportunity of learning deen will be accountable for a double crime and will be responsible for a greater sin. So therefore we have to become conscious of this, we refrain clearly from all these avenues, things that will take us away from Allah Taala, and this little bit sabr is required. We beforehand work out a program for ourselves that will keep us engaged in the right things, it can be some relaxing kind of activities, but which is totally well within the framework of deen, which doesn't even uh, come close to the borders of anything haram, otherwise when a person comes close to the borders, it is very, very likely that the person is going to cross the line and fall into haram itself. So this is a very small challenge that we have, very, very minor challenge, compared to the challenge of those who have passed already. But this little sabr of ours in these times, this to Allah Ta'ala will reward tremendously in this dunya, with the great barakat, with rahmat, there'll be that peace in the heart, there'll be tranquility, sukoon, that happiness which everybody is looking for things outside, Allah Ta'ala will give it to you in your heart. And you will be totally content. You will not even be then bothering to do what others seem to be getting excitement in. But the initial stage will require some sabr. That initial stage will require, because this is the test after all. It will require that perseverance. But the person remains steadfast. Then Allah Ta'ala will open the way out. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Keep us safe in these trying times. Allah Ta'ala open our hearts towards the reality, towards truth. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant us that peace, that happiness, that tranquility, that sukoon in our hearts. And keep us steadfast on deen. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. 
اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين